Hello and welcome back to The Big Reviews Key. My name is Rory Cashin and this week we are talking all things Prey. Now what is Prey? Prey is the prequel to Predator. Very onomatopoeic uh, sentence there. It is set, I think, 300 years before the events of the Arnie one that came out in 1987. Um, it tells the story of a young Comanche warrior who goes against her tribe's wishes and wants to become uh, a hunter in her own right. Um, but the, wouldn't you know, the time she decides to become a hunter is exactly the same time that Earth is visited potentially for the very first time by an actual predator hunter as well. He's here for hunting season. So up first, you're going to hear from director Dan Trachtenberg, who made his mark a couple of years ago with 10 Cloverfield Lane, a very clever sci-fi horror sequel. So you can see why, you know, they thought he would be a good pick for this one. And he talks all about the fantastically violent and inventive deaths that he comes up for this and a particular video game reference that if you're a fan of gaming, you will definitely notice when you watch the movie. Here's Dan talking Prey. Dan, how are you doing today? I'm good, man. How are you? Really, really good. Such a pleasure to talk to you. Likewise. First of all, congratulations on the movie. Really, 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 really enjoyed it. Um... Alien and Predator are like two of my favorite franchises of of all time, but I think it's fair to say that some of the Predator movies didn't land the way I think people would have hoped them to. What is it you think that they might have got wrong that you have, in my opinion, course corrected for Prey? Well, I, I mean, I think all the all the Predator films have had awesome bits in them all of them have had something super cool you know i think this is a bit of a return to the formula of the original it's very much a genre mashup where the first movie was more action meets horror sci-fi this is a little bit more of an adventure suspense film um meets horror science fiction um but is but is also a very pure survival tale, um, and I think our creature is, while on the one hand refreshingly new, I hope people find, and um, but also harkens back to the surprise we got from the original '87 film. That movie, when we all watched it for the first time. Uh, we're watching the cloaked form of the creature going, oh, that's the predator. And then it decloaks and you see it in its um, bio mask, which looked like a space helmet. You go, oh, that's the predator. It's the space thing. And then it takes that off and you see, oh no, it's a creature. Um, and none of the movies since then have, have really been able to uh, uh, have that formula. And that's what our movie does now. You know, we have, a new way in which our cloak can function in the set pieces. And when it decloaks, our mask is excitingly new. Um, and when it unmasks, it's yet again, a new face for people to be freaked out over um, and excited by. So, it, you know, we kind of borrow from the original more than many of the others have, but also um, I think ha- carve the, the most new path forward. It does feel for me that it is maybe the maybe the scariest since the original as well. Um, and there is there's some I gotta say I don't want to spoil anything. There are some fantastically vicious kills in this where it felt like you were having a ball coming up with okay, how can we 
kill this person in the most original way was there like a, a moment or a particular kill where you yourself were like i've got it we, we haven't done this yet and this is this is going to like blow the audience's socks off yes i mean the the, the fun i will say um wasn't just in figuring out because i i know it may sound shocking having watched it but i i no point wanted to feel like it's exploitative violence like it's just like look at how gnarly that can be because most of the gruesome kills in the movie you you do see gnarliness but you also don't don't see the gnarliest bits of that gnarliness and so that was the fun was thinking of ways in which we could show and hide um so that maybe just maybe it could be considered as like an elegant way of portraying the violence i love beautiful violence it's it's part of why the aesthetic for the burnt glade sequence for instance was heavily borrowed from the most recent uh macbeth um film the justin Kurzel macbeth um and uh you know it's gorgeous cinematography and it's covered in smoke and ash and yet what we're seeing is kind of horrific so um uh i love that that aesthetic combination yeah, I, I was going to ask about like outside of Predator, were, were there any like nods towards or any kind of inspiration elsewhere? Because I, I, I'm kind of guessing you're a bit of a video game fan just off the portal and off you were uh, mentioned around Uncharted as well. But there's a bit with the axe and the returns. And I was like, that's God of War. That's the returning God of War. So like where the... So is his shield. Yes. So I was wondering, like, were there any kind of nods that people might not immediately pick up on that you're like, that that's where I got that inspiration. Definitely God of War, huge inspiration. Um, uh, the films of Terrence Malick, a huge inspiration visually. Um, Neverending Story um, is a big inspiration for us, uh, you know, specific moments. Um, and Frankly, uh, The Searchers was 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 a massive uh, movie we, we wanted to interact with because The Searchers is a deeply influential movie um, and has a really horrible portrayal of Comanche people uh, in it. So in, in our film, when there's a shot where Nadu steps out of the opening of her teepee as the camera pushes behind her, and it's a direct um, visual reference to the opening and closing shot of the searchers through the silhouetted doorway, which is a shot that's been mimicked in so many films um, since then. But we really wanted to kind of reclaim that shot um, for a movie led by um, the Comanche. Fantastic. Dan, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. So that was Dan Trachtenberg, the director of Prey. And up next, you're going to hear from the movie's star, the fantastically named Amber Mid-Thunder. Yes, that is her name. She is Naru, who is the leading character of Prey. And you're also going to hear from the movie's producer, Jane Myers, who, well, both actually are members of the Comanche tribes in America. And you're going to hear all about the particular influences that having that background has had on this movie. Because this is, as far as I can tell, the very first big budget American movie that, that has a Comanche character at its core. So it's it's representing a brand new type of individual that, you know, major Hollywood movies tend not to show too much. And if they do, they come across as the villains in, you know, the old cowboy and uh, Indian movies. 
So yeah, so it was great to chat to this pair about this particular movie. So here's Amber and Jane talking prey. Amber and Jane, how are you doing today? I'm thanks. Good, how are you? I'm really, really good. Such a pleasure to talk to you both. I am going to get into some heavier, more important questions. But first of all, the dog. <laughs> is, is it maybe the best cinema dog ever? Because like every scene he came in, I was like, is there that dog? It's just incredible. I just, I have no words. I love that people really love the dog. It's funny to say the best cinema dog ever because <laughs> the experience didn't feel like that, but the product definitely does. I mean, that dog was like not uh, meant to do movies in the sense that like, I think that she had been adopted maybe like two months before we started shooting because, mm -hmm. you know, I think you guys found, right, that that We was... found her. Uh, we actually had four dogs because you have to have backups in case something happens or whatnot. So Coco, um, at that time, for that period, that type of dog is called a Carolina dog. That's what would have been, you know, appropriate for that time. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so we originally found Coco. When they went to go adopt her, um, because all of these dogs were shelter dogs. They were adopted. So, excuse me. So when they went to adopt her, she was gone. And we're like, no. So we had to, like, we had our other backups, but then we needed another dog. So they went ahead and start getting the backups where we had miso, tofu, and yeah. what was the other one? Gronk. Gronk. Oh, I liked Gronk. Gronk was my favorite one. Anyway, so they went ahead and grabbed those. And then for some reason, wherever Coco had been adopted, they brought her back. So then we got a phone call and said, do you returned. still want Coco? Because Coco's available. And we're like, what? Of course we want Coco. So then that's how we got Coco. I didn't know that story. See, this that's is tremendous. Like producer stuff that you never know all the behind the scenes <laughs> yeah. to make it look yeah. like it's supposed to. So, you to. know, chaos in real life. Yes. But like cute chaos, lovely chaos. And then uh, Angel in the movie. Listen, I, every, every scene stealer, just... <laughs> and dog i think is what it's called but it, it, the doggy deserves it some of the action sequences in this are intense like there's there's proper moments where i was like oh like i was physically reacting to what was happening on the screen was there a particular day of stunts or a, a, even like a singular stunt where you're like Thanks. right all hands on deck for this one because this is this is the tough one. Oh my god there was not a day that was not like that <laughs> literally i mean like every, there's not a single day that i think i like woke up to go to work that i was like oh good today's the day i'm resting <laughs> um just every and also it's like all the sequences nothing i think was just boiled down to like a day everything mm -hmm. was shot over multiple days so whether that's like the river slash bear sequence or that's like any of the fights you know um, those all were spread over multiple days. So, I mean, just, it was just like challenge after challenge after challenge, but, um, you know, never got boring. It didn't look it. So that's, <laughs> you know, it's all on there. It's all on the screen. It's, it's definitely felt all the way throughout. Um, obviously as we're, we're kind of being reintroduced to the predator in, in, in a much different time era. So we're, we're kind of getting to know brand new but there's also much more detail of the Comanche people in in a way that I think a lot of big movies would not or have not really tackled um but I think a lot of audiences might have an inbuilt idea of of what to expect is there any kind of detail with within this film that you think audiences might not have been aware of previously 
just regarding the, the Comanche people in this? I think there's a there are a lot of things because uh, what people expect is what they've seen in movies and what they've mainly seen in movies is more likely wrong because mm-hmm. it's all like a fantasized notion and you know it's people that aren't the lead characters like what Amber is. Uh, usually we play the sidekicks or we play the villains. So this time, you know, we're the heroes and it's a Comanche band that's out uh, hunting and trying to uh, find buffalo and pack up, you know, things for the winter to make it through the winter. So um, I think there are a lot of things in there. I mean, you see accuracy and color of the uh, the wardrobe, even the way the wardrobe is made, uh, the face paint, you know, it's not just like what you would think is your standard war paint. But it's more like when we painted, we paint for protection. So, you know, they're painting to uh, protect themselves. And all of all of that was developed, not only to the character, but to the people that they are. So that way, when they put that on, you immediately saw with the boys, it changed yeah. their personality. And it really just made them yeah. like, I don't want to say regal, but uh, since we're in London, I guess I can say that. But uh, <laughs> but it made them, you know, just yeah. y- you could see a difference yeah, in there their spirit. Definitely a, definitely a big change. Yeah. But, you know, even uh, with that being said, there are some things like the nuances, which people don't even know. Like for us, Comanches don't whistle at night because we believe that if you whistle at night, it brings bad spirits. You know, they know where you are because you're whistling. But I was able to use that and I begged Dan to do it because he was like, this scene just needs something. I don't know what it is. And we were reading through the scene and then we even reshot it with Amber and her her tribe doesn't uh, whistle at night either. So we were shooting this at night and I walk up and I said, I know what it is because I, I had talked to Dan. He goes, you really think a whistle is going to change it? I said, Dan, we just have to shoot it. Just shoot it for me twice and then let's see how it works. And so we were shooting that scene. She shot at the red. She had no idea about the whistle. Yeah. So poor thing. Dane told me. And then I was like, I walked, I walked up to her and I said, okay, so this time when you deliver that line in your painting, I want you to, you know, at the end, just look at him and then just whistle. And she said, why? Went, we don't no. whistle at night. And I said, exactly. But you're calling the predator and the predator is going to come walking in because she's leveling up. She saw her brother get skewered. She's, you know, she's all, I mean, she's ready to go, right? So the last thing, like bad luck, does it bother her now? Not at all. So she whistles. So then you see that predator come because she wants the predator to come there because she's ready to fight him. So we shot it twice. And then um, I, I flew back to New Mexico and then I get a call from Dan when they're looking at all the footage and everything in post. And he's like, oh my God, you were right. That creepy whistle. You know, he said, it's just, you know, it's, it's really uh, creepy and it makes the scene. So if you didn't have a native producer or, or somebody, you know, like a native producer that doesn't know their, um, or that know, that doesn't know their tradition, you wouldn't have that in there. You know, yeah. and that's something I could just throw in there at mm-hmm. the last minute. And it makes perfect sense. Never been in a movie. And how long have we been making movies? Mm-hmm. Never that's, that's, been in a movie. No, and that's like, it's, it's little details like that. And it's tremendous. And I think it's fantastic that you can call attention to it uh, in that way. But also that viewers who might not know will just enjoy it because it, it was a fantastic sequence anyway. The axe, specifically yeah. the returning axe, because yeah. that was cool the first time you threw it and you you pulled it back with the rope and you caught it i was like oh yeah 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 that's cool is that something you you had to train with an awful lot 
or is 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 the returning acts is that something that um you know is that is that true to like history or is that created just just for this movie because either way it was cool but <laughs> if if not like uh you know that that was kind of really attention grabbing for me as well question i mean i feel like truly somebody at it's some true point it's true to it's weapon. true to history it really it's true to history but we made it more so for her character and the axe was her best friend yeah because before she ever flew and uh came came to set or came uh to production we mailed her a couple of axes so that way she could hold them flip them from hand to hand you know do what she needed to do yeah. so it's true yeah that was like you know, that was, I feel like, one of the earliest things that Dan and I started talking about, definitely. And, you know, and so much of even just, like, we had a four-week boot camp, and so much of the boot camp was just, like, everybody figuring out, like, what is the coolest thing you can do with this plethora <laughs> of weapons, you know? And mine was always that. It was, like, well, what is it? Can you flip it around a bunch of times? Can you flip it in the air and then catch it? Like, can you throw it up to your hand with your foot like what can what can we do you know what can we incorporate and that's you know to the credit of Dan also being very like open and collaborative to everybody's like skills and abilities tell me I just do it um and you oh yeah there was a like even you know it's a small moment but the scene where like where like my hands are bound and I like throw it up and do that like that was not originally a part of it but that was a moment where Dan again was like I feel like this needs something and we we're just sitting there and I was like I don't know I could could I like try to do it behind my back? Could I do it? And I like flipped through it up, flipped it, and then like did it. And that was like the only time I did it perfectly. And then we just spent like trying over here, trying to do it. And then finally, like, you know, it was very like parallel to the experience of like we weren't getting it. And he was like, maybe we should just move on. Maybe it was a fluke. And I was like, I got this. <laughs> and it was like, and that one that I was like, no, I got this. I promise. We did it and then like got it perfect and moved on. It looked awesome. It looked like rad. It looked really cool. One final, very quick question, if that's okay. No spoilers whatsoever, none whatsoever. But I will say, the very end of the movie does tee up a future mm. installment. Do you oh. know what that might be? Have there been any conversations about it at all? We can't okay. really say, but uh, yeah, I mean, nobody tells me. It would be wonderful. Yeah, poor thing. She's just finding out things I today. I <laughs> for the first time right now. I don't know anything. <laughs> But, uh, but how did you like the end credits? Were the end credits rolled and it told the little story and everything? That's, uh, that is uh, on um, that's on hide art, which is for that time period, that's the correct type of art. And we had real native find artists create all of those for us. That's how like war stories were actually told like back in yes. the day to like preserve like what happened of like there was like a big battle or something. That's how that was mm. preserved. Yeah, like it, they that's what I'm referencing, like the very end credit stuff where I was like, that's beautiful and also hmm. Hmm. interesting but uh we'll, we'll see fingers crossed Amber <laughs> and Jane thank you so much for your time today You're thank welcome. you have a good day so that was Amber and Jane and before that you heard from Dan he, he was the director Amber and Jane were the star and producer of Predator prequel Prey which is available to watch on Disney Plus from Friday the 5th of August it is the best Predator movie since the original. Now, I know that's a pretty low bar because the sequels and the versus Aliens movies were not great. But still, if you like action movies, absolutely check it out. And as if you needed any more reason, it's only 97 minutes long. It's so short. It's perfect. So, Prey is on Disney Plus from Friday. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Make sure you check back in for our future interviews with some celebrities and what movies and TV are coming up. And, you know, you can go back to our back catalogue and check out all the previous interviews that we've just had live. We had Brad Pitt and Ryan Gosling and Colin Farrell, some of the biggest names in Hollywood, all chatting about their new movies and TV shows and stuff. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for, you know, the lovely messages on social media. Um, and yeah, that's it. That's it for me. And thank you, Dan for the fantastic uh, sound production on the other end. Uh, Dan's a different Dan. Dan's not Dan Trachtenberg. He's a different Dan. But he's equally great. We love him too. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.